Hey everybody, welcome back to our X video series. Uh, what we're doing through what we've done throughout this series is we'll preach on a passage and then uh, we'll discuss the next passage and we're kind of going back and forth through this and we're almost all the way through the book of Acts and uh, it's been a good five or six months almost that we've been doing this. So today we are in Acts chapter 27. We're going to read verses 1 through 12 and then we'll discuss it. Acts 27 verse 1 it says, And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a, to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adramatium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. And the next day, we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and to be cared for. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra and Lycia. There, the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Sinaitis. And as the wind did not allow us to go further, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salmon. Coasting along, coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. <laughs> I'm so glad I had you read this one. Dude, I'm telling like a, you. There was like a billion hard words to read. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh. My wife was giving me a hard time in small group the other day because I kept saying Thessalonica. You did? And she, you said it right. You oh. said Thessalonica. Yes, of course well, I did. I'm impressed. Thank you. So I yes. just wanted to give you props for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, a lot yeah, I, I have just, no idea if I pronounced any of those words yeah. right. I just did my so best. We're so we're just like you you guys. You know, and When you're reading along, especially in your life group, we feel the same way. Um, <clears throat> So this is a hard one to discuss because basically it's like a journal from a a shipping route. <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> it's like we went over here and then we got stuck and then the wind wasn't blowing and then it was like there was a storm and then I'm not really sure what they went by lee means. Yeah, it's probably it, something to do it's with sailing. It's a shipping. Sailing. It's a sailing thing. Which Look I know. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody looked that up in your small group. But they basically they're all over the place. They're they're getting stuck. And I my favorite part actually in this passage is that the guy doesn't listen to Paul. Yeah. 
Yeah, he just pays more attention. He's like, you don't know what you're talking He's about. He's like, I'm going to listen to the guy who, who's the sailor of the boat. Yeah, actually, yes. not you, Paul. Yes, Paul. You know, you you make tents. You don't actually. You don't sail. know anything about sailing, right? So I'm going to listen. But he kind of sounds mad about it. Like, the way he writes it, it's like sort of like, and they didn't listen to me. But right. it's sort of like, well, yeah, he shouldn't listen to you. You're yes. not a sailor. You don't own the ship, and you're not sailing the ship. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because the, the previous passage, obviously, you know, Paul is making his defense before Agrippa. And Agrippa, and we, we talked about this on uh, Sunday, Agrippa was nearly convinced to give his life to Christ by Paul, right. and then basically looks at him and says, I, I find no wrongdoing with you. If you wouldn't have appealed to Caesar, you probably would have been let off the hook. Right. And so Paul is still basically being transported from um, interrogation to interrogation. And uh, and this is essentially the story of him sailing to Rome. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah. when he appealed to Caesar, it did kind of keep him from being killed in the moment, or whipped at least, yes. you know? So he was in this kind of crisis moment yeah. where it looked like he was probably going to die if he didn't appeal to Caesar. Yes. But then it turns out that appealing to Caesar actually, he would have just gotten let out at this point. Yeah, yeah. So now he has to go Yes. appeal to Caesar. And so now it's kind of a pain for everybody. You can almost kind of tell it's sort of like, you're creating a problem here, Paul. I don't even disagree with you completely. Why did you even appeal to Caesar? Why did you appeal to Caesar? Now I have to send one of my centurions over yes. in a boat to yes. get you to the, you know, to do this. So there's this whole like legal process happening. But also Paul, remember God warned Paul not to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then he does. Mm-hmm. And then God comes to him, remember, and mm-hmm. says, "You're going to testify in Rome." In Rome. So now Paul is on mission, right? Mm-hmm. So now he's like, okay, not only am I going there, I'm going there, and God's telling me this is what's going to happen. So he's pretty confident. But what it sounds like here is he's like, we're going to die. We're not going to make it. Yeah. There's a little, is that doubt? Is there a little bit of struggle there? It's yeah. Like, I mean, God said I'm going to testify, or is he just trying to convince the guy to kind of move along a little faster? These are parts in Scripture where you really need to get the little map in the back yes. of your Bible. You see these? And almost every Bible has the missionary journeys yep. of Paul. With a, That's the, probably the only color picture in the whole book, right, that you'll find. <laughs> yes, and you depending can kind, on the Bible. And you can kind have. of look at this sailing trip and where they're at and where they went and what's going on um, and why it's in there, why it's significant, you know, is these places are, this is a real true history. Yes. And so you can actually see the details laid out in Scripture, and I think it's actually pretty interesting. Um, I heard once that there was an someone who was very anti-Christianity that went out to prove with archaeology that the Bible wasn't true using the Bible. Mm-hmm. So they were actually going to go to these places and say, see, these, this place didn't really exist, or see this you know, this doc wasn't really there. I yep. mean, if he was using this story, for example. Yep. And instead, they became one of the, they, they discovered unbelievable amounts of things that lined up with Scripture. It was just yep. like one thing after another thing after another thing. And and you hear this over and over again where they'll say, well, you know, Jerusalem never really was here. This didn't really happen or whatever. Yes. And then they end up finding, yes. you know, 
it's like a as they dig and excavate all of these different sites, they yep. keep finding more and more evidence. And over and over and over again, it just lined up archaeologically that these things really did happen yeah. in these places. Yes. And it ends up confirming scripture. In fact, that um, I wish I could remember the name of the archaeologist, but he ends up coming to Christ and being convinced by by all of the basically where where he would set out to disprove it. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those stories that's very much a map. Yeah, well, and I think there's another element of this too. Is you know, especially in Western culture, we our version of Christianity is very comfortable, and what we see continually over and over again, especially here, is with the Apostle Paul as he's following Jesus or doing his best to follow Jesus and maybe making some mistakes along the way, is uh, he is over and over and over again risking his life to preach the gospel. And I think for us, especially Western Christians, we can get very comfortable and and safe. And I, I think there are moments where it's like, yeah, I think I think... You know, we don't grow when we're living inside of our comfort zone. Hmm. And so I, I think there's what we see happening with Paul is, you know, throughout the entire book of Acts, through his whole journey, there is incredible risk, incredible danger. And uh, there's an element of that that I, I think God has actually invited us to live kind of that, uh, it, n- not all the time, but basically not to just get inside of our comfort zones and hmm. stay there forever. You know, and so I, I think, you know, maybe maybe something to discuss in your groups is in what ways is God inviting you or nudging you to step outside of what's comfortable for you? Or what are some ways that, that God has provided some opportunity that you're not totally sure about, but you still sense that God is saying, hey, I, I want you to go after this thing. And this is why it's so important to get into the story, because I don't know if you've ever gone sailing, but you know I, I sailed around the San Juan Islands one summer in high school, and when there's no wind, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I can't imagine what it might feel like, you know, when you're like, I'm following Jesus, I'm on mission with Him, I know where I'm going. Why isn't there any wind? Mm-hmm. Like it's in those moments in our lives where we go, <sighs> yeah. Why isn't this a straight line? Yeah. Because I feel like I'm following God. I feel like I'm doing the right thing. But, like, there's no wind. There's a storm. There's, I mean, I'm starving because I've been fasting. And we're running out of, you know, we're out of food. We're all going to die. And it's like, I don't understand this. Yeah. Like, it seems like the wind should blow them straight there. Right. If you're if you're following God. Right. And his, it should be just. Boop. It never is. It's never just is. like there is no such thing as smooth sailing if you're following no, Jesus. No, that's true. It's like you're stuck here, and then you're stuck there, and then you're stuck here, and he's stuck in traffic over here. And then finally, <laughs> you know, he's going to, you know, arrive. But you, you get this picture of of constant interruption yeah. of the expected, right, trajectory. And I don't know. That's always true in my life. Like, yeah. I'm constantly frustrated where I think, I thought I was going in the right direction, God. But now I feel like... There's no wind. Yeah. The, the the beautiful thing about that is it's not just about what you're doing for God, but it's about what God is doing in you along the way, uh-huh. you know? And it's in those moments where you have the detour, the interruption or the unexpected thing that those are the moments where God is growing our character and actually preparing us to do the thing that he wants us to do. So 
a lot to discuss out of a passage that is just about transportation. So (laughs) scripture is uh, all inspired by God and uh, there's something in there for you. We hope you have a great time in your discussion. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.